0: So I see it as a beautiful uh, co-conspiracy of awakening that we're all part of. Mm. Every single person that we're interacting with, uh, we're, we're, we're doing a dance with one another to, uh, to walk each other home, as Ron Ross yeah. would say, to sit around the fire, to, to just grow and to release for the sake of having experience, for the sake of the richness of a cosmic game of peekaboo, with God. If we already are God, then why do any of this? It's like almost so we can forget and the joy of rediscovery, the joy of remembering is deeply pleasurable. And to say, like, oh, man, what if I threw it all away? Just the trust that the whole boomerang is going to come back. Maybe it takes a trillion years, but I I'm in this moment before I throw it away, I know that's inevitable. And to prove to myself my devotion to that truth, I will destroy it all and watch it all come back. And why I won't remember again until it's all back and then I'll do it again. And it's just, it kind of feels like that's what we're in. And when I think about that, the more I trust in that process, the more all the things, you know, I can sit there and witness them as opposed to being wrapped up in them, even the feelings, even when I'm feeling stressed or down, it's like, well, it's it's okay. You know, it's okay. There's no destination anyway, uh, whether something's better or worse or whatever. Um, it's about the intention, it's about the process, um, and it's about, uh, the energy that I bring to it moment to moment more than anything. The, the discoveries are fun. They really are. It's fun to like have a challenge and figure it out and overcome it and be on the other side of it. That is, that is fun, but it's sort of like the surface level of the ocean. You know, the depth of the whole ocean is a more placid place. It just is. Stand on the edge. Love, choice, and chance, it's all an open sea. If you can let go of all these passages yet to be. Consequences, broken fences, nothing left.
1: Hey, welcome back to a new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli, you're you. That was Mr. Forrest of the East, East Forest himself, with the intro and a little taste of his track, Possible, off his album, Possible. And you can find all the links in the show notes, show description for East Forest music. Connect with him on Instagram and other platforms. And also check out his new project, Journey Space, which is uh, really incredible. It's a space to Journey. It is a platform for accessible transformational journeys supported by East Forest Music and born out of years of developing practices to support deep inner work. They focus on facilitating online groups to journey together, supported by facilitators to provide a foundation for successful inner growth. So check that out. The link is in the show notes, show description as well. And super uh, grateful to, to be talking with East Forest today. Uh, we had a, a great conversation. And uh, check out the first conversation that we had, episode 144. It was right in the beginning of the pandemic, March of 2020. We sat down and talked. And that was right when he started to launch those live stream ceremony concerts. And uh, now he is touring around doing ceremony concerts. And also Journey Space is up. Where he is guiding you through smooth sonic soundscapes for your journeys, live streamed through Journey Space. So, check it all out show notes, show description, all the links that you would want to connect with him. And then check out our first conversation, episode 144. All right, a uh, little uh, business here. Thank you to everybody that leaves ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. That helps. Boost us up in the algorithm in the show rankings and search. Uh, recently, I found out Mike Delic is in the top one percent of all podcasts in the world. That's great. Let's uh, let's let's keep it going. And uh, you, it really helps to uh, attract people to the show. When people are searching for podcasts to listen to, uh, they have more of a chance to find us. The more ratings and reviews we have, so it takes about five seconds. You could just. Go down to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You could just leave a five star rating, or you, if you feel called to, you could write a review. And again, much love to everybody that does that. Thank you to everybody who joins the Inner Sanctum Patreon. Uh, Patreon, this episode, in fact, was released uh, two weeks ago, I think, when we first recorded. And the video uh, podcast episode is up on Patreon. It was released immediately. So, ad free commercial-free, uh, and sometimes video podcasts, early release episodes, all up on Patreon. What is the benefit of joining the Adelic Patreon? Well, the more Patreon members we have, the less ads that I have to read on the show. Uh, if I continue to take on sponsors that I feel aligned with, uh, I'll be reading those ads on the show like I'm about to do now. If you join the Patreon for $5 a month, you get the ad-free versions of these podcasts and you get early releases, you get the video. As I mentioned, you get access to the Inner Sanctum Discord server where people from all around the world are connecting together, telling stories, trip reports, and um, yeah, just, just creating a little community there. So it's patreon.com slash Mike All the links are in the show notes and show description. Check that out. Become a supporter. Help, uh, help grow this little independent show, which is trying to uh, communicate these messages from these guests, uh, like this conversation you're about to hear today. Got some live events coming up every Wednesday in Denver. Myself, Bill Burns, we are hosting our men's council, the Tribe of Brothers. Uh, get in touch with me if you are interested in that, if you're in the area and feel like attending. We also have a retreat coming up in Boulder, Colorado. We have about two spots left. It is called Inward, a Primal Masculine Winter Solstice Journey. And that will be from December 17th to the 19th, starting at 4 p.m. and ending at 12 p.m. noon on Sunday. So uh, check that out. The link is in the show notes, show description. I also included a little recap video that was made for us from our retreat at the end of August permission, uh, and you're going to want to check that out as well. All the links are in the show notes, show description, of course. So uh, with that being said, I will talk about our sponsors. Our sponsors are Element Kombucha, the best kombucha. I love Element Kombucha. It's amazing. It's my favorite kombucha, and I just absolutely love kombucha. So I'm super happy to have Element on board uh, and uh, be enjoying their kombucha. If you enjoy kombucha like me, Check them out, go to the link, enter the promo code, get 11% off. The promo code is TimeWheel for that. Uh, Next, we have Being True to You and Fungi Academy. Those links are in the show notes and show descriptions as well. And uh, if you're interested in getting some protection for your wireless Bluetooth devices, Wave uh, WaveBlock is an amazing company that is trying to limit the amount of EMF uh, radiation that uh, we're exposed to. And so um, I think they're, they're doing a great job because I hate cords. I don't want to use the, the cords anymore. I hate the cords. I got a pair of Apple AirPods and I love them. And uh, I just put these little stickers on from WaveBlock and it helps reduce the amount of EMF radiation frequencies. So check them out. I have a little uh thing here from them that says uh, a little bit about what they do. They said, "Do you know that wireless earbuds, cell phones, and many other Bluetooth products function by emitting radiation? This is true. Did you know that this radiation is even more harmful for children than adults? Didn't know that. Okay. In 2019, more than 250 scientists signed a petition asking international public health organizations to create stronger guidelines and warnings." on the use of wireless and Bluetooth electronics. Scientists have strong evidence to believe that EMF radiation causes several different health problems. And uh, at WaveBlock, they choose not to turn away from the latest and greatest tech. Instead, they decide to adapt and innovate, and they have dedicated themselves to hours of research, engineering, and testing to create a safer way to use your favorite electronic products. WaveBlock stickers, which have hundreds of five-star reviews, are made to easily attach to cell phones and wireless earbuds so that you can enjoy your favorite gadgets with lowered risk by significantly reducing your exposure to radiation. How? The stickers are lab-proven to deflect EMF waves away from the brain. You can watch a video about how the stickers work at waveblock.com. The promo code is Mikeadelic and get 20% off. And I believe they're running like a buy one, get one sale as, re- as well right now. So check that out. Very happy to have them on board and happy to have this conversation with East Forest. Happy to sit down with East Forest again and chat about all things consciousness, reality, music, and journeying, inner work, struggles, difficulties, paradoxes, polls. All kinds of things. I think you guys are really going to love this one. And please also check out the first podcast we did, episode 144, as well. It's uh, just such a joy to sit down with somebody that you're a fan of, you know, that I'm a fan of, and and listen to his music, you know, quite regularly, and use his music for journeys, uh, pretty much as a go-to. So yeah, just a real real pleasure and honor to sit down with with the man himself. Without further ado, let us get into this conversation. With East Forest. No coffee for me today, which is, uh, it'll be interesting. Mm. I had green tea, though. Why, why the switch? Um, I'm going on a more of a cleansing mm. style of
0: life, eating and living. Gotcha. I'm yeah. doing something like that, but not till after the holiday here. Um, Thanksgiving. I, I have to, I, I generally wean lots of things out before I play any kind of ceremony concerts. and But I think I'll wait till about 10 days before so a week. Yeah, it's good to do. Um, I think it tunes up your, you know, your body, your antenna. But I think there's something beautiful about that gift to the universe, just saying like, you know, opening up your receptivity and prioritization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Clearing the pathway, making sure the the channels clear, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: So what else is going on?
1: Uh, what else is going on? Well, as always, just trying to figure out how to do more things better (laughs) (laughs) with the podcast and and things like that, which is good. I've had some great guests on recently and, and just doing some other things like that. And then I've been uh, diving into men's work, creating experiences and holding retreats and weekly councils and things. So that's, that's fairly new.
0: Yeah, I've got a a men's group I've been a part of down in Southern Utah with my little micro town down there. And, you know, we were doing these, I don't know when this episode comes out, but uh, I'm doing a a live stream on the 12th. That's a ceremony and we were inviting, you know, anybody can be a part of that. But we're also sort of launching this journey space thing that was born out of this idea back when I was doing this in the early pandemic Uh, I was doing these councils like afterwards or before on Zoom and just saying, hey, if anyone wants to kind of gather and have a little bit of shared witness and accountability and and check in before and after, we can do that. And that became something sort of, it was useful for certain people. And so that's what actually turned into the Patreon was the idea of like, okay, well, because people were just paying like donations for a one-off, it got kind of cumbersome to track that. So I was like, well, what if we use Patreon as the mechanism to do a monthly council. And uh, I haven't done one of these live stream ceremonies in a while. And so the fact that I'm doing one now, I see how it's all coming kind of full circle. And that's sort of what spurred it in the first place. But I I think people do find a lot of value, especially these days when a lot of our lives are virtual and so forth. It's like just having someone else to be a reflection.
1: Yeah, it's, it's massive have someone else be a reflection and yeah, just receiving medicine from witnessing that reflection, you know, it could be really powerful. And yeah, it's funny, actually, last time we spoke was right when you started doing those live stream ceremony concerts. Oh,
0: yeah. 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 Well, that was, I mean, the first one was truly born out of the pandemic. I think it was like the first weekend of the lockdown in mid-March or something like that. And I I mean, right now, I still kind of feel like, how do I do this? How do all these knobs and streaming things work? Um, But back then, I truly had no idea, and we were just figuring it out as we went along. I guess that's that's what we're always doing anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we like to trick ourselves that we could (laughs) do something else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was just working on a, a mix for a song before we hopped on here, and it's like, I've been doing this for a long time, and I guess I have approaches But I don't know. I'm I'm basically just turning knobs, trying to get things to sound better, trying different things, and making it up as we go along.
1: Yeah. Well, you've you've hit something. I mean, I I I was able to experience the ceremony concert that you held here in Denver a couple months ago. I guess it was maybe in in um, the real world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. IRL.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, well, we're doing a lot more of those uh, this coming year, hopefully, God willing. But I've just always been interested in how we can deepen experiences in general. And so I'm, I'm a lot in the music world. And I just like to think about how we can make things richer and, and deeper. And it seems like you add in little elements of uh, ceremony, uh, ritual, intentionality, I mean, that's kind of the big thing you kind of decide it to be so, and then voila, you know, there's so much more depth there that's available to you. You have to, you have to invite it in. Mm. What do you, what do you mean, decide it
1: to be so like you, you, you sort of just own like, Hey, this is what it is and, and this is what it's going to be. And
0: yeah, let me put it this way. Let's think about even this, a lot of this, it goes straight to the heart of the mystery itself. And so it's, it's a bit of a paradox, but I think that's the point. And when you get into these paradoxes, it's when you know uh, you're closer to God. And like I like to think the idea that we have a destiny, but that we have to choose it as well. It's almost more that our destiny is a potential and it requires that you have this element of choice. And you could say like, but none of that makes sense. You're saying like something's predetermined, but something's like I'm choosing and I'm saying it's both. And that it's actually necessary that you make those choices along the way. Now that doesn't make sense to the head, but it makes sense to my heart. And there's, there's something to that. So if, if you take that same sort of idea and you step into say a musical experience, uh, a concert, and how, how could you make it deeper just by the act of you inviting that depth in and perhaps now creating even deeper levels of choice by saying, uh, here's what I would, here's what, w- what I want out of this. So this is why I'm here that you're sort of creating an intention for that space. It allows for a reverberation to occur that involves you. It will inevitably now have more meaning, whatever happens to you in that space. Uh, it has the framework of, of your intention around it, as opposed to just phenomenon happening, happening to you that you're reacting to.
1: Yeah. I think that's the, the real telltale sign of a true master, which I consider you to be, you know, is it's like someone who sets the container, identifies the borders and boundaries, puts forward the intention, the purpose And then leaves enough space for the kind of chaotic, swirling, flowing energy to emerge and spontaneously be within
0: that. Well, what I'm saying is it's really available to all of us and it's quite simple. It's just Mm. something we don't do that much because I think we feel like we're rolling with the punches, as it were. And by Like being reactive. Exactly. We feel like we're victims in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, We don't have any real- there's no conversation happening with what's happening. And I I understand that train of thought because it's, it's really baked into us. And on from a materialistic, rational point of view, I guess that's what's happening. Things are just happening and you're reacting, but there it just, it's a thought experiment to think like, what is the playfulness to think if you are in conversation with that? And what could that look like from the standpoint of internally in your inner space, uh, choosing at least the direction you want to go, uh, choosing like what you you're desiring or wanting. Um, it's pointing the ship of your life in a way it's floating around. Anyway, it's sort of a metaphor I like to use and your hand is on the wheel. Uh, but so pick a direction because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're steering it, whether you're conscious about it or not. Hmm. Yeah.
1: It's happening one way or another.
0: I don't expect anybody to believe this. It's not something to be believed. It's it's metaphor. Well, uh, I feel it. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's do with it what you like. Uh, it's and that's why when you just say like, well, this, you know, how can you prove it? And like, well, we're already in a different discussion. It's not. <laughs> I'm not trying to prove it. Um, it's not something that can be proved. That's that's again. Now we're we're getting close to that mystery. We're getting deeper inside of it, and in these spaces, it's only myth you know, it's only metaphor. That's the only way to talk about it's beyond the boundary condition of just our mind.
1: Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, as Terrence McKenna would
0: say, it's the, uh, the felt sense of direct experience. (laughs) I was just thinking about him because I was at Esalen. We were doing a, uh, Rod and I were doing a, a workshop facilitating there and, you know, he's, he's seeped into the walls, into the water, of Esalen and everywhere I'd be, I just think like, Oh, Terrence was probably chilling here. And Terrence sat here in this bath and he gave sat here for four hours giving one of his famous Super high lectures. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just who, smoked like tons of weed, and then this rift. <laughs> yeah, basically, love, that's that's my <laughs> uh, my goal in life <laughs> is to do that. I've yeah, met people would, who like think they are Terrence McKenna, and it's always a huge failing. You know, they get up there and think they can, and it's just not interesting. But there's something mm. about that guy. Oh my god he's fascinating well, you can have a lot to
1: talk about when you're rolling doobies after communicating <laughs> with extra intelligent life from Zeta Reticula.
0: You got to smoke the <laughs> Kazooistry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a way with like he you know, some people just have that, you know, and he has that for sure. It's he's very entertaining and thought-provoking and prophetic in a lot of ways, you know. And brilliant.
0: I mean, you yeah. just like yeah, you're yeah, basically just out. diving into that guy's mind that was just beyond the beyond so the fact that he he focused his attention onto psychedelics was uh, unusual if you think about it it could have just been like sometimes he'd get into botany and go deep into that he knew a lot about a lot but yeah he could just get would have been one of those guys some scientist who could talk about a subject but the fact that he talked about something so you know, so strange and again, the mystery in a sense. So he's really like using all those words to talk around something that can't be really spoken to and doing it over right. and over and over again.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it over and over and over again. And I think there's, you, you just keep finding new things the more you keep going, I guess, you know, like.
0: I, I feel like people go through a phase with Terrence. It's sort of like I went through a phase early on in my process uh, I think it was around 2008, where I listened to a lot, you know, a lot of Terence, and then eventually you, so you just—I feel, feel like I got my fill. And I love Terence, and maybe now and then I'll drop in, but it's kind of like the way some people find ayahuasca, and you know, they do a lot of it for a while, and then usually there's a break where mm-hmm. it's like, well, I—I I have those lessons with me. It's—it's it's still present. Um, Terence is still very present for me, you know
1: yeah yeah i mean i i that's how i kind of got into the psychedelic realm i started experimenting with psychedelics myself and listening to just hours of mckenna and ramdas and joseph campbell and alan watts and uh who
0: else someone else yeah it used to be ramdas was a lot harder to Listen to because it was behind a lot of paywalls and there just wasn't a lot of free stuff out there. That was my experience, at least, with Ramdas. Now everything's up on YouTube and so forth of his. uh, But I don't, yeah, I I remember I read more Ramdas books and I heard some stuff here and there, but it wasn't like, you know, Terrence made a point, all those cassettes and everything, everything, and pretty much everything he talk somebody was recording it and it was just sort of this creative commons type vibe put out there you know, it yeah really, it was really ahead of its time in that way
1: oh yeah definitely i mean i think he had a good understanding of where technology and media was going you know um being i think one of his biggest influences marshall marshall McLuhan and you know just talking about the internet and how things are going to be in the future with the internet and the psychedelic nature of the internet and how you know time is speeding up and things are getting stranger and i don't know it definitely seems like that now like every everything just
0: seems to be like exponentially strange like every day yeah what was his time wave zero i think that went to 2012 i mean it wasn't exactly as he calculated but uh you know he had some pretty interesting thoughts in that regard um yeah man hmm. I I wish he was around. It's like there there's a short list of people like Bob Marley, Terence McKenna, a few others. And it's like man, I wish I could have experienced that in person. Oh yeah.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. And in a way it's kind of it's kind of they kind of live on in this digital sphere.
0: You know, as Still, these sort of I like just, you know, I would love just to or yeah, you know, basically to jam with Bob Marley in a room. Yeah. smoke some doobies, you know, room with Terence McKenna and just riff and listen and hang. Uh, you know, be with Keith Jarrett to watch him play one of his mega solo improvisation concerts. Uh these Bill Evans to see Bill Evans in the Village Vanguard, things like that would would definitely be top of the bucket list when if I had a time machine. Yeah, would
1: you do you have any like questions that you would ask these, uh, these no, folks?
0: God, no, no. I would would just, just want like, to listen to the creation happening like right in front of me. And yeah, uh, that would be a gift enough. Yeah. You, um, I don't know who Bill Evans is uh, jazz pianist. Yeah. Okay. He's one of my faves and uh, he's got a, a song called peace, peace. And, it's sort of, as far as I understand it, some lore about how it was recorded, whether it was like they were in a studio and the tape was just running and he was sort of just doing this dreamy improvisation or if it was an intentional piece, I'm guessing it was intentional. Regardless, it's really beautiful. And it, it was really inspiring to me back in the day. He's just doing this sort of pattern with his left hand that's really slow. And he's just doing these beautiful like melodies with his right hand. And I was just thinking about it today, actually, when I was rehearsing for that uh, live stream. And I was like, oh, couldn't I just do like piece, piece type songs for four or five hours? It's, like, it's good enough for me. It's very meditative. Um, and so, but he, he could play pretty much anything. And he was really known for his classic, almost romantic kind of jazz stylings. But he's also kind of known for like what he didn't play in a way. Um, he wasn't someone who just played everything he could, like an Art Tatum or Oscar Peterson or something. He also was instrumental in Miles Davis's kind of um, cool f- f- period, like the album "Kind of Blue." Uh, Bill had a huge impact on that album, and and the the harmonics that they decided to approach this modal approach, and so really, Bill Evans had a they're really huge. Miles are really close had a really big influence on that whole like cool jazz and that, that that's one of the biggest albums of jazz history kind of blue so anyway Bill Evans is the dude and yeah yeah
1: yeah so you uh you released two albums this this year right in and two, possible yeah, two
0: full-length albums a few other things but uh possible is like a studio record and in uh, soundtrack for the psychedelic practitioner, volume two. It's a mouthful. Is uh, <laughs> sort of a follow up to my music for mushrooms album.
1: Yeah, amazing. Did you have any uh, medicine, particular uh, medicine in with uh, in mind for for making that?
0: Yeah, the in album was actually recorded in those virtual ceremonies we talked about at the beginning. So there were five virtual ceremonies that were done right here in the studio uh, for YouTube live. And it's the first time I had ever done a ceremony in that way. And that's what it is. It's just excerpts from those five different ceremonies. So uh, it's a two hour album And that's just kind of how it kind of how the cookie crumbled. That's how it kind of wanted to be. But it was so it was born out of psilocybin. And that's always the way it works for me with the ceremony albums. But, um, you know, we discovered my partner works in a ketamine clinic. And so we were testing it a lot when I was mixing it in her ketamine clinic and found that it worked really, really well for that. So it definitely has this other side of it that. I think, was influenced deeply by the therapeutic ketamine space, which, you know, all of these experiences are about the internal landscape, so it's not like it wouldn't work for other medicines. I think it would work great for probably MDMA therapy. Um, The only consideration is just its length. So if you needed more music, you could throw on music for mushrooms or any of my other ceremony albums, there's four or five others that are short. They're like forty five minutes to an hour, but they're all the same ilk of creation.
1: Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So it's this is more um kind of a yeah, for the psychedelic practitioner. So that's why you didn't call it yeah. music for mushrooms too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a little more, a little more broad. Also, I just was trying to do something a little different, even though the creation was sort of the same, but it was different in that it was done through these virtual ceremonies, which I mean, musically is the same. I'm improvising with that medicine space, but I guess one big difference is there's no one else here that's journeying in that way. Sometimes my partner was, but usually there's a circle of people in the room and this was just me with a computer and a camera and some lights and so that was that was weird. It's it's always weird, but uh, you get more and more used to that process. The first couple times, it was like, is is this even working? <laughs> <I'm> playing, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. is anyone out? Is this working at all? Like, I have no idea. Um,
1: hello, hello. Yeah. Is there anybody out there? Who yeah. knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. knows? Oh, I get that. I mean, doing a podcast and and even putting out like solo episodes, especially early on, like in 2017, I remember just being like, Am I crazy? What is going?
0: (laughs) Who's listening? What is happening here? So yeah, it's a strange process. I mean, you can't think about it too much because it's it is weird, for sure. Yeah. Do you ever um,
1: imbibe and and start recording
0: with the ceremony concerts? uh, Yes, in a small way. Uh, That's an important aspect of it to get the the spirit in into you, so you can feel like more of a channel for that. Um, Mm -hmm. But with my public. Like performances, I like to be uh sober, so to speak, because there's enough like adrenaline going through you and and there's a it's just a lot to think about or a lot i should say a lot to cover from knobs and buttons to audiences to things happening in the room to and you know you wanna be a pro and 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 be present for that
1: mhm mhm, yeah, well, I mean it was fantastic being at that space in, in Denver, uh, you up there playing and the way the room was set up, everybody lying down on like yoga mats and blankets in a circle. Yeah. I mean, I was like, wow, is, I'm, I'm in a ceremony. Great. And Radha going around with, uh, essential oils and those chimes or bells. Oh my God. It was, it, it yeah, it was medicine. It was purely medicine. It was a pure medicine experience.
0: Wow, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's just about again how can we deepen the listening experience and what can we get out of that? What can we mine when we go into the internal caves? And it, there's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's it's really just fun for me to think. I guess we could we could just do a concert too, kind of traditional style, and that's cool too, and that can be amazing. But this is just like setting setting the stage of the audience to go even further, and um, I think it's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, I, I
1: listened to your podcast where you broke down uh, Sit Around the Fire
0: uh-huh.
1: and where you played. I thought it was incredible. I so enjoyed listening to you in that process and then hearing the first um, take, I guess, that you came up with to kind send of like to John.
0: S- step one, yeah, which wasn't really you know the greatest thing in the world, but... I mean, I'm judging it in the past because I feel like I guess I can now. It was okay. And I knew that at the time. I wasn't like, this is an amazing song. I was more just like, I need to throw some stuff against the wall and send it his way. Yeah.
1: So that, that sort of deepening process, I guess that's, that's what occurred. It was really cool to hear you talk about him as being like, hey, I'm a fan. Like, I like yeah. what this guy does and to have like a true collaboration, um, in that way. And like, you really set the
0: the tone for that amazing track. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really cool experience. It's still a cool experience, but I mean, it's all in all, just like one of the cooler things that's I've done, you know, that and working with Ram Dass was really cool. Um, so I'm still over the moon that we got to work together john hopkins and i and just support his album which is now out and and to kind of see it from the inside a bit really really cool
1: yeah yeah you you said something on the podcast last time we spoke and i think it's just worthy uh to bring up again is this you know the the issues with the other sorts of uh playlists like the playlist kind of thing and then having like a full piece created by you know, like a composer, an auteur um, uh, that makes a real big difference when you're in that journey space.
0: I think it does. And, you know, in journey space, this platform that we're launching, that's kind of the, that is one of the primary uh, mechanisms of it is that we really believe in the power of music to guide a journey, but not just any music and how having one artistic voice carry you through a particular journey. that That's you know, it's how it's been done for millennia. I mean, it was done that way by default, but I think we've developed a kind of technology and an epigenetic familiarity with that experience. And just the intentionality we spoke about earlier, when you have that intentionality, how it creates more depth, it creates a sort of invitation to the universe. Well, if a musician has that sort of intentionality, and then especially if you're opening yourself up in the moment For the creative force to flow through you in that way, as opposed to a predetermined idea of what you're going to be quote unquote performing, now you're really opening yourself up to something to speak through that's larger than just your mind, and you can use music that's that is beautiful and probably came from that numinous space as well, but it it didn't have that intention for this kind of work, and it's probably shorter songs, and you're piecing it together, and all that can work, but it's just what could work better. And so that's what journey space is about. The other factor of, of that new platform is about having a live facilitator and being in a group. And you talked about, we talked about men's group and but it's any sort of group gathering like that, that shared witness is also a really powerful element. So kind of combining those two, hopefully in an accessible way is what we're up to.
1: Yeah. The thing that I was so blown away about with, uh, music for mushrooms when I first heard it was the spaces in between like the 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 silence is the in cuz you know I spent 6 months in in Peru uh working at an ayahuasca center down there and you know the shapibo people and the way that they perform <laughs> you know it's the 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 sounds like all the sounds that you capture from your field recordings that silence the space in between the drop in and out that i think makes such a like it's just everything
0: i agree The rhythm of the whole experience, sort of the waves, you know, and the dips between are really important. Um, And I I had the same thing. Like uh, it was influenced by my experience with shamans, indigenous shamans from Peru and experiencing the sound of the jungle or whatever I was experiencing. Well, essentially there's a break in between songs, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like an arbitrary break. It felt like a very necessary moment of repose that was equally rich, but in a different way. And it was really needed before we like went on another journey because each one of these songs becomes an architecture that you're inside. You sometimes feel like you become it. It's extremely powerful. You know, the music is extremely, it is, it is the guide. When you're in these spaces, it can push you this way or that way. Um, you're inhabiting the sound. And so a lot of these songs can be quite lengthy, which is nice. You're slowly getting into them and experiencing the things you need to experience and going through things and tensions and release. And then you go through your thing and then it slowly goes away and you have this period of in between. And so I couldn't agree more that that's, um, I mean, there's just another, we could go through lots of different things that make sort of these intentional pieces stronger than a playlist, but that, that's another one that's hard to understand until you've been in that space because otherwise you'd be like i don't know it's a lot of dead air or not dead air there's a lot of there's a long tail on this song (laughs) a couple minutes uh perhaps
1: yeah it's magical though you know it's it really being in that space and experiencing in that way it's it's truly magical yeah maybe (gasps) it is maybe it is that closer to god paradox thing that you were mentioning you know where it's kind of like it is here and it's not here and it's, it's, it's audible and you're sensing it and then it's going away. You know, something in that realm. I mean, I know that, you know, the, the Shipibo that, that I was with, like they, the way that they speak about or the way that they use the ikaros is like, um, I don't know, like a surgical tool almost. Yeah. Their song is like getting some, like I had, uh, a, uh, a maestra, uh, uh, in front of me, you know, singing ikaros and like really actually pulling something out of my body like it's with incredible. a song
0: yeah yeah i've heard it described as the uh, songs are the technology more than the medicine even right and, like the medicines what allows them to to work with the song the song is what's calling forth the the spirit it's powerful yeah yeah it's, it's it crazy is to yeah think about yes yeah, so maybe and maybe they know something about the power of music and melody that we don't You know, it's been a few thousand years, perhaps for them of experimenting with this in this space, this metaphysical space where it's not about like, how do we prove it in a lab? It's like, well, this is, we've just been messing around for a long time and figuring out about melody and sound and and how to use it and how it interacts as a bridge, perhaps between the three-dimensional and the other dimensional spaces. And for us, we just see it in the physical realm, but we certainly feel it. And we're kind of seeing the influence of music. It's kind of like we're, we've been smoking cigarettes. It's just music. And we're all addicted to it. But no one is like, has anyone noticed that this music thing is everywhere on the planet? And like it's a huge, everyone's into this and in every culture. What, what's up? Um, we just take it for granted. It's just like, yeah, music's everywhere. Um, even the way we talk and communicate is form of music and sound. So I don't really think we know. Uh, I think we've lost that art. and so fascinating to to learn more if there's a way to communicate that uh, and teach it beyond you know the, the traditional modalities of becoming a shaman
1: mm. yeah yeah it, it, it we we're so obviously everything in our world right now is just like completely saturated complete like infinite scrolls and infinite oh put this song on next one next track next thing or wherever you go and so yeah but you, but you're, you're doing it. You're taking it back to the intentionality. You're taking it back to a purpose to, you know, really doing something unique and different, at least for this time right now. Right. I mean, but I'm inside
0: a... the system that's broken and I'm, I'm born yeah. of it and part of it too. And so there's a, there's a paradox in that. Um, right. Just today I was thinking a lot about like social media and how I have a deep desire to completely like delete it all. yeah, And, and I know, I know why I'm afraid to do that. And it's, it's because of the things in this dimensional realm, like, but, but it's a valuable way to let people know about something. And it's an advertising tool, it's really a communication tool to the fans. Like I have uh, more ways to talk to people who generally would want to either come to a show or learn about a new thing, track or whatever. And, but it's such a broken system and i know that and so you know there's a truth there that i'm 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 having a hard time living with yeah so i hear you there's yeah. always things like that and i am i've always since i was a kid been trying to push and fight against the the man so to speak yeah uh but i'm i have an iphone and you know i have a i here we you know there's no way to escape in a sense, you know, that's not really an option anymore. In my mind, we all are in the web. And I think if you want to step back from it, from a more metaphysical point of view or spiritual point of view, we're. I think all of this is how it's supposed to be, you like you're meant to be, uh, tied up in the web. So I'm not supposed to like say, I don't want a web. It's like, well, the web's here and yeah, you are. We are brave. We're in it. We're stuck. It's a mess. But what if that's the point? And so it's about like surfing inside a sea that's turbulent, and there's some trash in the water. But you you have to be on the ocean. There's no like you know you're a sea creature, so to speak. And it's sad that it's like that. But that's maybe why we're here. And it's less about running from something and more about grace and asking for grace.
1: I completely agree with that. The web is the game, you know, games wouldn't be fun if they didn't have some obstacles.
0: Right. Yeah. This is a hell of a game. I mean, it
1: is, it's a hell of a game. It's it's like
0: monopolies becoming operation. It's like, it's going through a metamorphosis and we're still in the time period where like the board itself is changing. It's going to take generations. Um, and it's a bold time to be alive. Oh, so many amazing tools and experiences and people, but also like deeply deeply transformative
1: mhm yeah yeah i used to, i used to feel this the this similar what you know like fighting the fighting against the machine, you yeah know, or raging against the machine, if you will, yeah, so fighting against the system, and there there is this sort of like I guess, maturity that I've experienced where it's like, okay, what can I use that's good and then leave the rest behind so that I can focus on the things that I know that people want over here and the people that are open to receiving that and can see it will join in. And, um, you know, it's like this Buckminster Fuller quote that I like—I just say all the time. It's like, you don't change things by fighting the existing status quo you create appealing alternatives that make it obsolete.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. It depends on the day, you know, you ask me on certain days and I'm like, (laughs) yes. And other days I'm just like, I don't know, man. Um, and that's my humanity where, uh, I, I, I mean, I I think a lot of us are, are, are just, we keep, we keep putting one foot in front of the other. There's no other way to do life but creativity certainly helps me reminds me it's about the only thing that in a sense it's okay and i i don't have any answers i just have a feeling inside me after i've been creative for a little while that i'm like and maybe that's my own sense of like self-worth i don't know i could be all tied up in something else but
1: well i think you hit it i hit you hit the nail on the head the reminder you know i think i mean I, i i remember this uh Ceremony is a mumbe and a, and rape ceremony. I participated in with a Colombian shaman um, from the Tibu tribe, and he he was saying, "Look, we, we as humans, we just forget, and we need we need others to help us remember, and then we yeah, have to help that's, them." remember. That's what the
0: other is really helpful for. And if the other is not a human, it's nature. And that's about the only way to do it. Uh, yeah, we're in a world right now, like most of mainstream world is in the business of forget. I mean, that's really the, the currency. And so
1: forget industries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, because it's profitable, it's candy, uh, but that's almost what it all is. And so it's, you're, you're swimming upstream if you're just in that all the time and you really gotta like curate what you're inputting in the information. It's, it's kind of the only way. And that could be like, get out of the stream and go go on a hike go into nature these sorts of things practices absolutely hundred percent but if you're going to be in the stream and this includes other people you know it's, it's a massive influence on your state of mind and your energy
1: yeah I can't help but think that like we're all sort of being called to be our own shamans in a way and not in like the kind of like neo shaman sort of way or, or whatever but in the in this true sense of like um, the bridge between walking in both worlds, you know, being called to be able to hold that because, uh, just the, the amount of stuff that we have to sift through, you know, like I, I, myself, I live in Denver and sometimes it's like, oh man, I'm too much in the stream. And then as soon as I get out and get on a hike, I'm like, oh, medicine. All right, great. You know? And so I, yeah, I can't help but think that that that's, that's sort of, you know, almost in the sense that like The way that ayahuasca ceremonies now are being conducted with Westerners going to Peru or Costa Rica or Ecuador or Colombia, wherever they're going, the uh, ayahuasca brew is administered to the participants. Whereas in the older traditions, the shamans would drink the ayahuasca themselves, sing the Icaros, and you wouldn't drink anything. And I remember asking someone about that and they're like, yeah, because we're in like a time where we need to kind of like bootstrap healing, like all
0: hands on deck, everybody's got to be called up. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I you could think about like when you leave outside the confines of Denver, you feel better and it's like, oh, you should just move out of Denver. But it's sort of that idea that none of us can really totally unplug. Like there's no going to a cave anymore. Realistically, <laughs> and you know, you, know you'd still yeah. be plugged into the internet and so forth. So, I mean, I think it maybe would be helpful, but there's a balance between community and people and information and nature that I think we all struggle with in different ways, but uh, it's very true. It's very true that it's necessary to replenish you know, the well, just our dopamine, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I think uh, right, we, we run out of dopamine sometimes by midday and <laughs> we're just like we've just been it's too much there's too much you've used it all up so you just got to like start over the next day and if we looked at ourselves like stores of dopamine like how many hits do you have to blast out in your brain there's only so much there you know got to slow it down right yeah
1: and 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 it's even if you're not intentionally engaging with dopamine hijackers and saturators uh, by scrolling or binge watching things or whatever it is, the environment we live in is just—we're totally immersed in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're totally immersed in that. So what what is it for you? Where you were saying, Oh, I'm oh. curious, where you're like, yeah, some days I'm just like, I don't know, you know, what? <laughs> like what, what's, what's this? What's <laughs> the struggles of of East Forest?
0: I mean, where's the despair? I think I think a lot of people listen to my music who don't know me, and they have a lot of projection. And, um, some of my good friends will say like, a couple of my friends who are actually fans of my music, some aren't, they don't, they don't pay attention, but the ones who are, or one of them, I'm thinking my friend, Ian, and I remember him saying, he's like, man, it's like, you know, we hang out and, you know, you're kind of acerbic and you're sometimes like a crank and, and it's fun. It's a part of your personality, but then I listen to the music. It's like this angelic sort of like as other energy of you that I, I'm not always, And he's, so for him, he's just sort of like, as a surprise. And I think for me, it's like, we wear our humanity on our sleeve, at least those of us who are trying to just be ourselves. I mean, to me, it's, it's more about how authentic can I exist in the, in the world. And that means that my life on stage or public persona in my private life, that there's no real huge difference between the two, you know, that like. I want to feel that I'm. I'm just trying to be myself in these different like uh, roles, but they're all still me. And so, you know, we get caught up. It, it's mostly about when I'm depleted, you know, burned out from working too hard, or like I said, I've been. It's I don't do well like in the later in the night. It's not a good time for me to work. You know, I, I don't have much juice left, and so I just see things more negatively. And I grew up. In a household in, in a childhood that was pretty negative in a latent way and my parents are very loving and very supporting but there wasn't a lot of joy and that's just how i learned to see the world and now i have to overcome that that's part of my soul's journey is learning how to find joy and learning how to not just see the world as rational or material but at the same time that's what set the stage for me to have the desire to seek the spiritual and mm, become paradox. everything that i am today. Is they gave me that gift of, of feeling depression. What does it feel like to be suicidal? You know, I felt that in my life more than once. And it's a terrible, terrible feeling of hopelessness. Uh, but it, it's a driver to want to feel hopeful is the other polarity of that. And uh, so for myself, I think as we all get older, hopefully we find the recipe that can kind of keep our head on straight and our heart open. And I'm always tweaking that but it definitely has a lot to do with the creative space and, and, and being in service and giving and how that really feeds me. It's not, I mean, I have to be honest, like it's very, it feels good. And I realized that, so I keep doing it. And thankfully it's like a, it's like a happy Uroboros or something. <laughs> it's like a yeah, yeah. regenerative snake that's eating itself or something, but it's, uh, that's that's, you know, and that's even when we speak about being inside a broken system, the system itself, is partially feeding my desire to move forward. You know, it's like there's rewards and the rewards <laughs> help you, motivate you on certain le- Even if the rewards are like, you know, I got this beautiful email while I was eating lunch that was passed along to me of someone telling me about how uh, they their son had committed suicide and how they went to four years of just drinking themselves to death. And then they uh, discovered mushrooms and they had some a journey where they their son came to them in a journey and they the the forest like helped her have a uh, do a burial in the journey and then in when she buried her son who was in succumbed and all this moss came over her son and he turned into a explosion of butterflies and basically she was healed through this experience on a traumatic level, I guess, and she was just saying how the music has played such a huge part for her in that journey, and 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 continuing to heal that journey. And thank you. And I'm not at all saying, oh, I healed you. I'm just saying, wow, look what that. Look at this little dance we've had. And uh, that that is deeply rewarding. As is, uh, it's fun at times to. Uh, do things and be on it's fun to be on stage and uh, that fits with my personality too I like I like people paying attention to me (laughs) and I know that's you're not supposed to say that but it's like that actually I get it though it's like I grew up as a class clown I like the attention that also then helps me want to be on the stage as opposed to be like screw this being any sort of notoriety these days is dangerous more than rewarding (laughs) and i you easily could just be like i don't want to do this anymore and then you just stop um so i see it as a beautiful uh co-conspiracy of awakening that we're all part of you know mm-hmm. every single person that we're interacting with uh we're 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 doing a dance with one another to uh to walk each other home as ron yeah. would say to sit around the fire to to just grow and to release for the sake of having experience, for the sake of the richness of a cosmic game of peekaboo with God. If we already are God, then why do any of this? It's like almost so we can forget and the joy of rediscovery, the joy of remembering is deeply pleasurable. And to say like, oh man, what if I threw it all away? Just the trust that the whole boomerang is gonna come back. Maybe it takes a trillion years. But I, I'm in this moment, before I throw it away, I know that's inevitable. And to prove to myself my devotion to that truth, I will destroy it all and watch it all come back. And I won't remember again until it's all back. And then I'll do it again. And it's just, it kind of feels like that's what we're in. And when I think about that, the more I trust in that process, the more all the things, you know, I can sit there and witness them as opposed to being wrapped up in them. Even the feelings, even when I'm feeling stressed or down, it's like, well, it's, it's okay. You know, it's okay. There's no destination anyway, uh, whether something's better or worse or whatever, um, it's about the intention. It's about the process. Um, and it's about, uh, the energy that I bring to it moment to moment more than anything the the discoveries are fun. They really are. It's fun to like have a challenge and figure it out and overcome it and be on the other side of it. That is, it is fun, but it's sort of like the surface level of the ocean. You know, the depth of the whole ocean is a more placid place. It just is.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Fucking beautiful, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. I, I, I definitely agree. You know, consciousness is one and, and we are all, we are all one. You know, as 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 like hippie or cliche that that sounds, but it wouldn't be fun if we weren't many. We just get bored being there. I had an experience like that, I know, I lost an ayahuasca experience like that, where I
0: you were the one I was, and we're bored. I was, the,
1: I was, yeah, I was the one, and I was like, "This is amazing," but like, hey, it's time for something else. It's time for some diversity and some novelty and some challenges and some obstacles and. Yeah, I think that's, that's you know, the, you look at life in terms of that way, in terms of this game and, and being that way. And and like you said, like I always say, you know, I'm I'm kind of selfish, so I help other people because it makes me feel better. You know, like, like yeah, what you were I just know, it's saying. It's a like, joke,
0: but it's true. It's you true. Know, the selfishness true. of service, you know, it's, it's yeah, the gift is, a, well, it's, it's a gift that comes, it's the golden rule. You just have there's to no really... better
1: feeling, yeah. yeah. There's no better feeling than than watching these these other beings like get something from you being the one on stage, you being the one that's getting the attention. You're getting something, but so is everybody
0: else. Well, you it's gotta reciprocal. be careful, though. I mean, it it's a very slippery slope, and so sure, sure. Yes, there's it's it it's. <laughs> I mean, as we see it all the time, you can fall into like this you know, grandiose thinking or super egotistical this or that. And then, and then it's just a, so, I mean, really every day, it's a recalibration for all of us, um, where you, you want to remind yourself of your intentions and, uh, your, you know, what, you know, what it is you're trying to give and what's, what's really important to you because otherwise, especially when things become a job and especially when it be- becomes something where money is involved, that's how you make money. It's very. Our world is constantly going to be dangling carrots in front of you, that uh, will probably steer you down a a path that's not what the original intention was, and things things I think slowly, um, they you know becomes a form of pandering really, and that's not what I want to see in the world, and that's not really what any of us want to see. We're drawn towards the truth. And we're drawn towards authenticity because we want to be reminded of our own truth and our own authenticity. That's it. We're just sitting around the fire telling stories. So I'm just, I will take a turn at times telling a story, so to speak. And other people do it for me too, all the time. Uh, So it's a dance. It's definitely, definitely a dance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to have the will and the confidence to say, I think this is good. I'm going to put this out here. I think I'm good. I'm going to put myself out there. And that fine line of kind of tamp- tampering it or maybe not tampering it, but just knowing, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit as uh, I'm sure that you've gone through that journey as being an artist from when you first started to where you are now. And of course, more more to go. But that, that journey of that balance between like, you know, that, that being in that position.
0: Well, you're always stepping forward with your, I don't know what to call them mistakes. We all are. And I think as a performer, you have an eagerness to share and that, that goes back to your childhood probably. And that's good. That's a kind of fuel, but you always have to be able to put yourself forward with imperfections because that's how it goes. And I think you just get kind of used to that. Um, I mean, God, I feel like it's in some ways we all see other forms of art that we're like you're inspired by, but you're not able to to do that exact thing or sometimes not even close. I would say most of the things you see out there, you're unable to do, but it's inspiring to you. So you're essentially setting yourself up there saying, well, these are the only things I can do you know, <laughs> right now that I'm able to share with you and hopefully you will receive them. And if they are received... Then it's this beautiful exchange, but it's just inherently a system of what is not there, and that's totally okay, right? There's no such thing as some kind of purity of of everything. I mean, maybe the psychedelic experience gets closest to that, and that's not even a person. It's just the experience itself has a totality of experience that is more than just I can play the guitar now, I can play the bass, and now I can paint a picture. Now look at me dance and you know, all these, you, trust me, you don't want to hear me freestyle. You know, it's like other people do that better. Um, you gotta, you find what your, where your gifts lie. Um, yeah, I'll
1: try and freestyle, but it's been a while. I don't have a mile. I'm in the yeah. mile house. Yeah. <laughs> down. No one wants us to do that. Yeah. So, uh, I love to do it though. I love to do it. I won't do it now. All but white like, men I love do, to do and it. they should It's so yeah, fun. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But. <laughs> Um, well, I grew I grew up on that.
0: I grew up on, um, maybe I should I say like, on stage. You know, I, no one, well, no one wants yeah, me to no, do it. No, uh, no one yeah. will wants to pay me to freestyle. Right. Uh, yeah. So exactly. <laughs> we got to, you got to remember those things, but it, it's also a strange experience because even though, uh, doing things publicly are fun, it's also terrifying. So, I mean, right. there's this other side of it that's concurrent where, it's, it's nerve wracking and you are on an edge. And I think there's an excitement to people do this in different ways, but you're facing your fears essentially. And it is a thrill to be like, man, uh, this could really, Oh God, who knows? This could fall apart. This could happen. This person could do this, all these different things that are, I suppose they're potential paths and realities, but the fact that you're, stepping up there and, and working with that and saying, I am held, I am uh, held inside it all as we all are. And I'm going to trust in that. I'm going to rest into that. There's, there's a reward in that kind of fall, trust fall. Um, it, it feels good to like a little kid to, to face your fears and then walk through the door. Um, and I think that's a big, part of it too. And, and all the, it, so it's a very rich experience in that it has a lot of these different uh, things wrapped up into one experience.
1: Yeah. So how do you man? how do you g- move through, you know, not uh, pandering? Cause I'm sure you get people all the time, you know, myself included being like, Oh, this is great. I love this. I love that. I'll oh, keep doing this. Or what you really did here was amazing. And, I mean, I get, you know, people write in for the podcast and stuff and keep telling me, I mean, I think I got into that trap maybe once, like, oh, people keep telling me that they like this. So I'm just gonna keep doing that. And then it gets to a point where you're like, oh, wait a second. I'm not tapping into what's truly alive for me right now.
0: And what feels like, yeah. Well, I think that's it is like, what's truly alive for you. And only, you know, and you, you know, that what's true for you, like, you know, inside whether it's following what excites you like truthfully as opposed to what you think will excite others and it's just where it's starting from and it i just think art is not that interesting when you're thinking about what will excite others we see a lot of that out there and it's it's pretty bland or it's what you think it will be and yeah and some people they like it but it's just sugar and i don't know it all i know from my own experience is like Nothing was really working for me in resonation with the public space before until I made that switch and was like, well, what do, what do I want that like, truthfully just me and my first record was just me making music for myself to, to use, uh, to journey with. And I wasn't even planning on releasing it. Um, and I think that's why it had the Bob because it wasn't, it was only concerned with that truth. And so that's the thing I'm, I like to always remind myself about is I'm always sort of searching. You're putting up that antenna and being like, looking for like, ooh, that, there you go. That cord, boof, that's got the thing. I just want to constantly find things that are reminding me of these shared truths. Because if I feel that excitement, other human beings, they're human beings too, you know, we're all the same thing, as you said. So if it's exciting, right. me, it'll excite someone else. If I'm just thinking like, well, will this excite someone? Well, I think this kind of sound will, I think that's, I think people are looking for that. They need this kind of thing here. It's, 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 um it's not a very good recipe. It's not a good way to cook. Yeah, true. Um How, how much, uh, how much time do you have left, by the way? I do need a roll in the near future. I have, I have them taking off tomorrow and I, unfortunately I have a large list and a few more calls and I I have to do some mixing for, I'm doing okay. a little uh, song with superposition, which is Justin Beretta and Matt. Oh gosh. I forget Matt's last name, but uh, Justin's in the glitch mob and he's got this side project. So we're doing a, we've been working on a track for like a year. And it was one of those things where like, it was, I think he sent me a mix. It said like version 48. And I was like, bro, Maybe we should start over <laughs> like this is crazy and I was in LA and I met up with both of them and I was like let's let's start over guys let's, it's all good you know let's just let's start fresh see what happens and they were like no no we really we like where, where things were going And I was like well if we keep working on this track we have to give it a new title because I cannot have version 4950 we call it like so we call it like in- person version one or <laughs> so yeah. we're on in-person version three and I'm hoping it'll be done by version four or five.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, maybe I'll I'll give you the sort of last topic choice to talk about. A couple of things I'm interested or or curious to hear from you is uh, your album Possible um, and the piano sound on that. And uh, also I'm interested in your ketamine experiences. We kind of touched on that before. So I'll let you choose whatever you want to talk about and then we'll wrap this puppy up.
0: Uh, We could talk about Possible a little bit. I mean, it's different than the other records in that it's, I call it a studio record because it was recorded in the studio and sort of the opposite of something that was in a ceremony and improvised and recorded in one fell swoop. This is more thoughtful in the sense that, you know, you record here and there and you add to it, maybe other people play on it. And with that particular record, I was really interested in trying to explore some strings in a deeper way for me, uh, just more than I had in the past. And... I think I was also interested in some contemporary classical sort of predilections where I really wanted to lean into that a little more and just see where I could Mm. take certain songs. And a lot of those songs started with just piano songs, like improvising on a piano, recording it, and then later on seeing what's there what's interesting. And some of them wanted to stay as piano, and some of them you're like, I feel like this wants to have bass or drums or vocals or a spoken word or strings, or maybe replace the piano with a synth. And so it's, I just wanted to let the songs inform where it wanted to go. And I also worked with an arranger, a friend of mine named Lorna Dune, and she did the string arrangements for four of the songs. Mm. And that definitely took things up a notch because uh, she was bringing in like additional layers of, musicality and ideas that I was you know, I basically did a first pass at the strings and then she would make them even more awesome. Um, yeah, they are. They're awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful album. Yeah. And there was a track called Undying that was particularly challenging because I had a very clear vision for it, but we only had three string players. And we're actually here in the studio recording it and I think the parts required nine to ten players. And so you basically just do it multiple passes. But um, it just got really, really complicated to mix and figure out because we don't have, I mean, I, we did the best we could and I was just trying to like fit the original vision and I wanted something that was really emotional and cinematic and sort of yes. ethereal. But the piano yes. is like doing the same thing throughout the whole song. It's a simple mm. four chord pattern in a sort of dark and muted way. and. uh it's funny like a lot of times with records if I look back on it I'm like well did it hit my vision I'm usually like close but it, I can't say I've ever made a record where I was like yes it's exactly what I was hoping for <laughs> you know it's always like uh, almost almost got there maybe 85% yeah um, and, maybe but the there's also happy surprises almost. you know of course there's yeah. things like oh I never would have expected that song to be like that um, but that's what the song wanted to be And you can decide whether it's on the record or not, but the song has to kind of be what it wants to be.
1: Mm. Yeah, and we all have to be what we want to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're all trying to figure out, that's right, what what we want to be, what the soul is wanting to speak. You go against that. It's like, sure, have fun, but it'll keep steering you in different ways, you know, and the soul sets up the lesson until we learn
1: yeah it sure does what do you uh what do you got coming up anything uh that you're doing uh live are you doing any more ceremonies or what are you excited yeah. to yeah. i know you mentioned well, that song you're when, i don't
0: on. know when i don't know when this will air but uh december Maybe 4th. next week yeah okay cool december 4th we're doing a live stream and that's gonna be a ceremony uh from me so i'll be playing for hopefully multiple hours and i'll be improvising and that will be a space to really go in a deep rich ceremony space and the space.com is that platform that if you'd like to have a facilitator and it be in a supportive group, you can sign up there uh, and, and Very go, cool. go deeper. And But I'll be doing the live stream that anyone could watch via YouTube live, but all of it can be watched. It's on journeyspace.com. So whether you want to wow. watch the free ceremony or go into one of these groups, that's where you go to check that. That's a new platform that yeah. I've co-founded with a couple friends and uh, perfect it, it all comes full circle we were talking about you know the
1: diamonds coming out of the the rough well not diamonds coming out you know but the best magic comes from shit how about that right it's like <laughs> the paradox of nature and how this was born from the pandemic you doing those live streams in a tough time yeah. and here we get some beauty and so yeah some, and some because service. of that
0: we decided like was there a way to do this where anyone could join and it's like legal and that's we're threading a needle there amazing but we thought let's try. Let's see if this is helpful. Um, so that's, that's the intention with that one. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. This was awesome and hope to do it again soon. Uh, I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed your recommendations for uh, down in uh, Boulder, Utah. It was so, so glad great went. down there. I mean, I it was so cool it so much. you went
0: like days later. You know, it wasn't yeah. like next year, we'll check it out. I was like, you were there within a few days. It's <laughs> so amazing.
1: Cool. Um, we met so many amazing people, stayed in this amazing place and, and, and the food and everything and just the scenery. It was so great. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where I've been doing retreats. Not sure if we're doing another one, but for five years, been doing retreats down there and I spend a lot of time down there because it's a really, really nourishing, magical nature, raw yeah. land type experience.
1: It is. It's a real hidden gem. So maybe I'll just edit it out from the podcast. I don't want to tell people. (laughs) We don't
0: make it too crowded. Well, if they listen to my podcast, they'll hear me talk about it all the time. And I'm always pretending like, you know, Southern Utah, but it's like I talk about it all the time. I mean, the fact that I have retreats there, and so it's not exactly hard to find. But
1: Yeah, and your podcast is awesome. Ten Laws with East Forest. Listen to that. Check out Possible, everybody. The album is incredible. Yeah, the strings and the piano sound on that is just – very different it's very it's, it's amazing cinematic and and yeah just really lovely and in the psychedelic practitioner
0: yeah that's too. out and uh yeah. so check check them out wherever you listen to music and hope to see people on the live stream and uh wherever else we'll be on tour too next year a lot so the best way for me i mean they could try social media to catch when things are happening but the newsletter is always probably the best because sometimes it's cool. geo located to your city Perfect. Yeah. Sign up for that newsletter, eastforest.org, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. Sweet. Awesome. Krishna. Namaste. Thanks, brother. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: Hey, if you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did, please leave a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. You could just leave a five-star rating if you feel like it, or if you want to write something nice, leave a review. Always open to feedback as well. Please email me, MikeDelicPod at gmail.com. And check out all the show notes and the show description links, the uh, sponsors, the Patreon. That's uh, the Mycadelic Inner Sanctum. Uh, It's patreon.com slash Mike Brank. And yeah, just much love to all of you who enjoy this show. Please like, share, subscribe, and do all those things that you do. Tell people about it. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. And until next time, peace.